This episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, and they have over 100,000 titles available for download. Visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. It's time to relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and have a seat in the Scald Circle to listen to chapters 28 through 30 of the Volsanga Saga, as told by Casimir. Before we begin our story, we want to remind you that we release new stories for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales from around the world. In addition to our reminder, we have some exciting news for the month of July. You've likely noticed that our format sounds a little bit different. Not only that, but you may have heard, in addition to our story releases on Wednesdays, we will also now be releasing longer chapter-length stories every other Saturday. As if that isn't exciting enough, starting on July 9th, we will begin hosting Fireside Stories with the Skull Circle at 7pm Central Time, every other Thursday. Our fireside stories will be a live stream of Minogan and I regaling you with stories you may have never heard before, along with some of our very own witty banter. So, if you want to experience what a live show from the Skull Circle is like, that may be of interest to you. You can find more details under the events section on our website. Chapter 28. How the Queens Held Angry Converse Together at the Bathing on a day as the queens went to the river to bathe them, Brynhild waded the farthest out into the river, then asked Gudrun what that deed might signify. Brynhild said, Yea, and why then should I be equal to thee in this matter more than in others? I am minded to think that my father is mightier than thine, and my true love has wrought many wondrous works of fame, and hath ridden through the flaming fire withal, while thy husband was but the thrall of King Hjalbrek. Gudrun answered full of wrath. Thou wouldst be wise if thou shouldst hold thy peace rather than revile my husband. Lo now that the talk of all men it is that none has ever abode in the world like unto him in all matters soever. And little it beseems thee of all folk to mock him, who was thy first beloved, and Fafnir he slew, yea, and he rode thy flaming fire, whereas thou didst deem that he was Gunnar the king, and by thy side he lay, and took from thine hand the ring and Vardy's loom. Here mayst thou well behold it. Then Brunhild saw the ring and knew it, and waxed as wane as a dead woman. And she went home and spake no word the evening long. So when Sigurd came to bed to Gudrun, she asked him why Brunhild's joy was so departed. He answered, I know not, but sore I misdoubt that soon we shall know thereof overwell. Gudrun said, why may she not love her life, having wealth and bliss and the praise of all men, and the man withal that she would have? Ah, yea, said Sigurd. And where in all the world was she then, when she said that she deemed that she had the noblest of all men, and the dearest to her heart of all? Gudrun answers, Tomorrow I will ask her concerning this, and who is the liefest to her of all men for a husband? 
Sigurd said, Needs must I forbid thee this, and for surely wilt thou rue the deed if thou dost it. Now the next morning they sat in the bower, and Brynhild was silent. Then spake Gudrun. Be merry, Brynhild. Grievest thou because of that speech of ours together, or what other thing slayeth thy bliss? Brynhild answers. With naught but evil intent thou sayest this, for a cruel heart thou hast. Say not so, said Gudrun, but rather tell me all the tale. Brynhild answers. Ask such things only as are good for thee to know. Matters meet from mighty dames. Good to love good things when all goes according to thy heart's desire. Gudrun says, Early days for me to glory in that, but this word of thine looketh toward some foreseeing. What ill dost thou thrust at us? I did not to grieve thee. Brynhild answers, For this shalt thou pay, in that thou hast got Sigurd to thee. Nowise can I see thee living in the bliss thereof, whereas thou hast him and the wealth and the might of him. Gudrun answered, Not knew I of your words and vows together, and well might my father look to the mating of me without dealing with thee first. No secret speech had we, quoth Brynhild, though we swore oath together, and full well didst thou know that thou wentest about to beguile me. Verily thou shalt have thy reward. Gudrun says, Thou art mated better than thou art worthy of, but thy pride and rage shall be hard to slake belike, and therefore shall many a man pay. Ah, I should be well content, said Brynhild, if thou hadst not the nobler man. Gudrun answers, So noble a husband hast thou, that who knows of a greater king or a lord of more wealth and might? Brynhild says, Sigurd slew Fafnir, and that only deed is of more worth than all the might of King Gunnar. Even as the song says, the worm Sigurd slew, nor e'er shall that deed be worsened by age, while the world is alive. But thy brother the king never durst never bore the flame to ride down, through the fire to fare. Gudrun answers, Grani would not abide the fire under Gunnar the king, but Sigurd durst the deed, and thy heart may well abide without mocking him. Brynhild answers, Nowise will I hide from thee that I deem no good of Grimhild. Says Gudrun, Nay, lay no ill words on her, for in all things she is to thee as to her own daughter. Ah, says Brynhild, she is the beginning of all this hail that biteth so, an evil drink she bare to Sigurd, so that he had no more memory of my very name. All wrong thou talkest, a lie without measure is this, quoth Gudrun. Brunhild answered, Have thou joy of Sigurd according to the measure of wiles wherewith ye have beguiled me. Unworthily have ye conspired against me, may all things go with you as my heart hopes. Gudrun says, More joy shall I have of him than thy wish would go unto me. But to no man's mind it came that he had aforetime his pleasure of me, nay, not once. Evil speech thou speakest, says Brynhild. When thy wrath runs off thou wilt rue it. But come now, let us no more cast angry words one at the other. Says Gudrun, thou wert the first to cast such words at me, and now thou makest as if thou wouldst amend it, but a cruel and hard heart abides behind. Let us lay aside vain babble, says Brynhild. 
Long did I hold my peace concerning my sorrow of heart, and lo, now thy brother alone do I love. Let us fall to other talk. Gudrun said, Far beyond all this doth thine heart look. And so ugly ill befell from that going to the river, and that knowing of the ring wherefrom did all their talk arise. Chapter 29 Of Brunhild's Great Grief and Mourning After this talk Brunhild lay abed, and tidings were brought to King Gunnar that Brunhild was sick. He goes to see her thereon and asks what ails her. But she answered him not, but lay there as one dead. When he was hard on her for an answer, she said, What didst thou with that ring that I gave thee, in the one which King Budli gave me at our last parting, when thou and King Yuki came to him and threatened fire and sword, unless ye had me to wife? Yea, at that time he led me apart and asked me which I had chosen of those who were come. But I prayed him that I might abide toward the land and be chief over the third part of his men. Then were there two choices for me to deal betwixt, either that I should be wedded to him whom he would, or lose all my weal and friendship at his hands. And he said withal that his friendship would be better to me than his wrath. Then I bethought me would rather I should yield to his will or slay many a man. And therewithal I deemed that it would be a veil little to strive with him. And so it fell out that I promised to wed whosoever should ride the horse granny with Fafnir's horde and ride through my flaming fire and slay those men whom I called on him to slay. And now so it was that none durst ride save Sigurd alone, because he lacked no heart thereto, yea, and the worm he slew, and Regan and five kings beside. But thou, Gunnar, durst do not, as pale as a dead man didst thou wax, and no king art thou, and no champion. So whereas I made a vow unto my father that him alone would I love, who was the noblest man alive, and that this is none save Sigurd. Lo, now have I broken my oath and brought it to naught, since he is none of mine, and for this cause shall I compass thy death. And a great reward of evil have I wherewith to reward Grimhild. Never, I wot, has a woman lived eviler or of lesser heart than she. Gunnar answered in such wise that few might hear him. Many a vile word hast thou spoken, and an evil-hearted woman art thou. Whereas thou revilest a woman far better than thou, never would she curse her life as thou dost. Nay, nor has she tormented dead folk or murdered any, but lives her life well praised of all. Brunhild answered, Never have I dwelt with evil things privily, or done loathsome deeds, yet most fain am I to slay thee. And therewith she slay King Gunnar, but Hogni lay her in fetters, then Gunnar spake withal, and then therewith would she slay King Gunnar, but Hogni lay her in fetters, but then Gunnar spake withal, Nay, I will not that she abide in fetters. Then said she, Heed it not, for never again seest thou glad in thine hall. Heed it not, for never again seest thou me glad in thine hall, never drinking, never at the chess play, never speaking the words of kindness, never overlaying the fair cloths with gold, never giving thee good counsels. Ah, oh, the sorrow of my heart that I might not get Sigurd to me. Then she sat up and smote her needlework and rent it asunder, and bade set open her bower doors, that set far away might the wailings of her sorrow be heard. 
Then great mourning and lamentation there was, so that folk heard it from far and wide through that abode. Now Gudrun asked her bower maidens why they sat so joyless and downcast. What has come to you that ye fare as witless women? Or what unheard of wonders has befallen ye? Then answered a waiting lady, Height Svaflod, An untimely, an evil day it is, and our hall is fulfilled of lamentation. Then spake Gudrun to one of her handmaidens, Arise, for we have slept long. Go wake Brunhild, and let us fall to our needlework and be merry. Nay, nay, says she, no wise may awake her or talk with her, for many days she has drunk neither mead nor wine. Surely the wrath of the gods has fallen upon her. Then spake Gudrun to Gunnar, Go and see her, says she, and bid her know that I am grieved with her grief. Nay, says Gunnar, I am forbid to go see her, or to share her weal. Nevertheless he went unto her, and strived in many wise to have speech of her, but gets no answer whatsoever. Therefore he gets him gone, and finds Hogni and bids him to go see her. He said he was loth thereto, and went and got no more of her. Then they go and find Sigurd, and pray him to visit her. He answered not thereto, and so matters abode for that night. But the next day, when he came home from hunting, Sigurd went to Gudrun and spake. In such wise do matters show to me, as though great and evil things will betide from this trouble and upheaving. In such wise do matters show me, as though great and evil things will betide from this trouble and upheaving, and that Brynhild will surely die. Gudrun answers, O oh, my lord, by great wonders is she encompassed, seven days and seven nights has she slept, and none has dared wake her. Nay, she sleeps not, said Sigurd. Her heart is dealing rather with dreadful intent against me. Then said Gudrun, weeping, Woe worth the while for thy death. Go and see her, and what if her fury may not be abated? Give her gold, and smother up her grief and anger therewith. Then Sigurd went out, and found the door of Brynhild's chamber open. He deemed she slept, and drew the clothes from her, and said, Awake, Brynhild! The sun shineth now over all the house, and thou hast slept enough. Cast off grief from thee, and take up gladness. She said, And how then hast thou dared to come to me? In this treason none has worse to me than thou, said Sigurd. Why wilt thou not speak to folk? For what cause sourest thou? Brynhild answers, Ah, to thee will I tell of my wrath. Sigurd said, As one under a spell art thou. If thou deemest that there is aught cruel in my heart against thee, but thou hast him for a husband whom thou didst choose. Ah, nay, said she. Never did Gunnar ride the flame to me nor did he give me to dower the host of the slain. I wondered at the man who came into my hall, for I deemed indeed that I knew thine eyes, but I might not see clearly, or divide the good from the evil, because the veil that lay heavy upon my fortune. Said Sigurd, No nobler men are there than the sons of Yuki. They slew the king of the Danes, and the great chief, and the brother of King Budli. Brynhild answers, Surely for many an ill deed must I reward them. Mind me not of my griefs against them. But thou, Sigurd, slewest the worm, and rodest the fire through. Yea, and for my sake, and not one of the sons of King Yuki. Sigurd answers, I am not thy husband, and thou art not my wife, yet did a far-famed king pay dower to thee. 
says Brynhild. Never looked I at Gunnar in such wise that my heart smiled in him, and hard and fell am I to him, though I hide it from others. A marvelous thing, says Sigurd, not to love such a king. What angers thee most, for surely his love should be better to thee than gold? This is the sorest of sorrow to me, she said, that the bitter sword is not reddened in thy blood. Have no fear thereof, says he, no long while to wait, or the bitter sword stand deep in my heart. No worse needest thou to pray for thyself, for thou wilt not live when I am dead. The days of our two lives shall be few enough from henceforth. Brynhild answers, Enough and to spare of bale is in thy speech, since thou berayest me and didst twin me, and all bliss, not do I heed my life or death. Sigurd answers, Ah, live and love King Gunnar, and me withal, and all my wealth will I give thee if thou die not. Brynhild answers, Thou knowest me not, nor the heart that is in me, for thou art the first and best of all men, and I am the most loathsome of all women to thee. This is truer, says Sigurd, that I love thee better than myself, though I fell into the wiles from whence our lives may not escape. For when so my own heart and mine availed me, then I sorrowed sore that thou wert not my wife. But as I might, I put my trouble from thee, for in a king's dwelling was I. And withal, in spite of all, I was well content that we were all together. Well may it be that that shall come to pass which is foretold. Neither shall I fear the fulfillment thereof. Brynhild answers and says, Too late thou tellest me that my grief grieved thee. Little pity shall I find now. Sigurd said, This my heart would, that thou and I should go into one bed together, even so wouldst thou be my wife. Said Brynhild, Such words may nowise be spoken, nor will I have two kings in one hall. I will lay my life down rather than beguile Gunnar the king. Therewith she called to mind how they met, they two on the mountain, and swore oath each to each. But now is all changed, and I will not live. I might not call mine to thy name, said Sigurd, or know thee again before the time of thy wedding. The greatest of all griefs is that. Then said Brynhild, I swore an oath to wed the man who should ride my flaming fire, and that oath will I hold to, or die. Rather than thou die, I will wed thee and put away Gudrun, said Sigurd. But therewithal so swelled the heart betwixt the sides of him, that the rings of his burney burst asunder. I will not have thee, said Brynhild, nay, nor any other. Then Sigurd got him gone, so saith the song of Sigurd. Out then went Sigurd, the great kings well loved, from the speech and the sorrow, sore drooping, so grieving, that the shirt round about him, of iron rings woven from the sides break asunder, of the brave in the battle. So when Sigurd came into the hall, Gunnar asked if he had come to a knowledge of what great grief lay heavy on her, or if she had power of speech, and Sigurd said that she lacked it not. So now Gunnar goes to her again and asked her what wrought her woe, and if there were anything that might amend it. I will not live, says Brynhild, for Sigurd has bereaved me, yea, and thee no less, whereas thou didst suffer him to come into my bed. Lo thou, two men in one dwelling I will not have, 
and this shall be Sigurd's death or thy death or my death. For now has he told Gudrun all, and she is mocking me even now. While we were between chapters, we mentioned earlier that this episode is sponsored by Audible. I personally cannot recommend Audible enough. Being able to download titles and listen offline anytime and anywhere is extremely convenient. Recently, I've been listening to Lines of Departure by Marco Close, and it's a real treat. It's also just one of thousands of audiobooks that are available through Audible. If you have any favorite Audible titles, send us a message. We're always looking for new stories to listen to. If you're not already an Audible member, you can visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. If you sign up and you're not certain what to download right away, don't worry about it. Your credits last for a year, so Audible never makes you feel rushed. Chapter 30 Of the Slaying of Sigurd, Fafnir's Bane Thereafter, Brynhild went out and sat under her bower wall, and had many words of wailing to say, and still she cried that all things were loathsome to her, both land and lordship alike, so she might not have Sigurd. But therewith came Gunnar to her yet again, and Brynhild spake, Thou shalt lose both realm and wealth, and thy life and me, for I shall fare home to my kin, and abide there in sorrow, unless thou slayest Sigurd and his son, never nourished thou a wolf-cub. Gunnar grew sick at the heart thereat, and met no wise see what fearful thing lay beneath it. He was bound to Sigurd by oath, and this way and that way swung the heart within him. But at last he bewrought him of the measureless shame, if his wife went from him. And he said within himself, Brynhild is better to me than all things else, and the fairest woman of all women. I will lay down my life rather than lose the love of her. And herewith he called to him his brother and spake, Trouble is heavy on me. And he tells him that he must needs slay Sigurd, for that he has failed him wherein he trusted him. So let us be lords of the gold and the realm withal. Hogni answers, Ill it behooves us to break our oaths with rack and wrong, and with all great aid we have in him. No king shall be as great as we, if so be the king of Honfolk may live. Such another brother-in-law never may we get again. Bethink thee how good it is to have such a brother-in-law, and such sons to our sister. And well I see things stand, for this has Brynhild stirred thee up too and surely shall her counsel drag us into huge shame and scathe. Gunnar says, Yet shall it be brought about, and lo, a reed thereto. Let us egg on our brother Guthorm to the deed. He is young and of little knowledge, and clean out of all oaths moreover. Ah, set about in ill wise, says Hogni, and though indeed it may well be compassed, a due reward shall we gain for the burial of such a man as is Sigurd. Gunnar says, Sigurd shall die, or I shall die. And therewith he bids Brynhild rise, and be glad at heart. So she arose, and still ever she said that Gunnar should come no more into her bed, till the deed was done. So the brothers fall to talk, and Gunnar says that it is a deed well worthy of death, that taking of Brynhild's maidenhead. So come now, let us prick on Guthorm to do the deed. Therewith they call him to them and offer him gold and great dominion, as they well have might to do. Yea, and they took a certain worm, and somewhat of the wolf's flesh, and let seat them together, and gave him to eat of the same, even as the singer says. 
Fish of the wild wood worms sooth crawling with wolf meat mingled, they mince for good harm. Then in the beaker, in the wine his mouth knew, they set it still doing more deeds of wizards. Wherefore with the eating of this meat he grew so wild and eager, and with all things about him, and with the heavy words of Grimhild, that he gave his word to do the deed, and the mighty honor they promised him in reward thereof. But of these evil wiles not at all knew Sigurd, for he might not deal with his shape and fate, nor the measure of his life days. Neither deemed he that he was worthy of such things at their hands. So Guttorm went in to Sigurd the next morning as he lay upon his bed, yet durst he not do aught against him, but shrank back out again. Yea, and even so he fared a second time, for so bright and eager were the eyes of Sigurd that few durst look upon him. But the third time he went in, and there lay Sigurd asleep. Then Guttorm drew his sword and thrust Sigurd through in such wise that the sword point smote into the bed beneath him. And then Sigurd awoke with that wound, and Guttorm gat him unto the door. But therewith Sigurd caught up the sword drum and cast it after him and it smote him on the back and struck him asunder in the midst, so that the feet of him fell one way and the head and hands back into the chamber. Now Gudrun lay asleep on Sigurd's bosom, but she woke up unto woe that may not be told of, all swimming in the blood of him, and in such wise did she bewail with weeping and words of sorrow that Sigurd rose up on the bolster and spake. Weep not, said he, for thy brothers live for thy delight. But a young son have I too, young to be wares of his foes, and an ill turn have these played against their own fortune. For never will they get a mightier brother-in-law to ride abroad with them, nay, nor a better son to their sister, and this one. If he may grow to man's estate, lo, now there is come to pass, which was foretold to me long ago. But from mine eyes has it been hidden, for none may fight against his fate and prevail. Behold, this has Brunhild brought to pass, even she who loves me before all men. But this may I swear, that never have I wrought ill to Gunnar, but rather have ever held fast to my oath with him, nor have I ever too much a friend to his wife. And now, if I had been forewarned, and had been afoot with my weapons, then should many a man have lost his life, or ever have I fallen, and all those brethren should have been slain that a harder work would have been slaying me had been the slaying of the mightiest bull or the mightiest boar of the wild wood. And even therewithal, life left the king. And Gudrun moaned and drew a weary breath, and Brynhild heard it and laughed when she heard her moaning. And then Gunnar said, Thou laughest not because thy heart roots are gladdened, or else why doth thy visit wax so wane? Such an evil creature thou art, most like thou art nigh to death. Lona, how meet would it be for thee to hold thy brother Atli slain before thine eyes, and that thou wouldst stand over him dead? Whereas we must needs now stand over our brother-in-law in such a case, our brother-in-law and our brother's bane. She answered, None need mock at the measure of slaughter being unfulfilled. Yet heedeth not Atli your wrath nor your threats. Yea, he shall live longer than thee, and be a mightier man. Hogni spake and said, Now hath come to pass the soothsaying of Brynhild, 
an ill work not to be atoned for. And Gudrun said, My kinsmen have slain my husband, but ye, when ye next ride to the war, and are come into the battle, then shall ye look about and see that Sigurd is neither on the right hand nor the left, and ye shall know that he was your good hap and your strength, and if he had lived and had sons, then should ye have been strengthened by his offspring and his kin. And that is chapters 28 through 30 of the Vasonga Saga from Norse Pathology. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page, as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us to keep these stories alive for generations to come. Also remember to subscribe to us on your podcast app and to leave us a five-star rating if you enjoyed this story. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we would not be able to continue these stories and we truly appreciate it. Visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have ever told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening. Thank you for listening to our story. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. While this story is over, you can visit audibletrial.com slash thescaldcircle to begin your trial and download your free audiobook today. Let us know what you've listened to recently in Audible via our Facebook page. We're always looking for new recommendations.